Hi everyone and welcome back. I am so excited to finally be back. It's me, Alex Belletti, and over there we've got... Ben Hyten. That's had the guy. To, I had to think carefully about that one. How's your summer been, Alex? Yeah, pretty good. I met up with some random guy over the summer and went to parks and did some weird recordings in a restaurant. Stuff so like you that. did Parks and Rec? God, that would be amazing. I'd love to do... Favourite Parks and Rec character to do a podcast with? Nick Go. Offerman. Ben Glavin. That's it. <laughs> no, no contest. No. Done. What's his name? Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Although Rob Lowe would be fun, I think. Rob Lowe would also be fun. Different flavour. Leslie Nope would be amazing. <clears throat> Who's the worst one? Worst one? Yeah. Or Aubrey Plaza's character? No, John Ralphio. Oh, yeah, you're right. You win. I mean, John Alfio or Aziz Ansari. Tom. I think Aziz Ansari's character yeah, in yeah, Parks yeah. and Rec yeah, would yeah. be awful. Right. Ben, how was your summer? Yeah, okay. I think when we last spoke, we kind of did a little mini recap of the summer up to that point. Yeah. I don't think it got any better after Fallout. Um, I think the two big films that came out that you and I had quite different opinions on were yeah. The Meg and The Predator. Yeah, um, the Meg was almost everything I wanted it to be, and and you were pretty unmoved by it. It it, it was fine. That's all I'll say. Okay, it, but certainly not as bad as the Predator. Yeah, the Predator. The Meg was, was not. But then, but you to managed to, but you managed to squeeze some enjoyment out of the Predator as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really happy about that because it's one of those movies where you're just watching it and, like, so for example, we talked about Skyscraper as being shit but good. Yeah, Predator was shit but still shit <laughs> but also funny like it wasn't even going into that one because this is so bad i'm laughing at it it's like i can see what they're trying to do here in terms of being being enjoyable but i was really well i guess it was so bad that i was laughing at it i found it so much i just found it really fun in terms of how all over the place it was tonally it didn't know what it was doing not once and it and so I just thought I just I just was so lighthearted that day. I guess I just yeah, didn't bother I, me. I wish I could have didn't bother me been on that wavelength because it it actively angered me. I thought it was yeah. the worst thing I've seen this year. I think to do that you have to have your expectations at like minus. I just went fully, actually fully expecting it to be completely awful. Yeah, and and f I forgot all about all the other predators. I didn't compare it to anything. It's like I don't know. It's a it's. It's a sea movie, you know. But in this, in these two particular instances, the Meg and the Predator, I feel that the audience turnout sort of got it right. The the Meg overperformed and did mm. really quite well for itself, yeah. and the Predator underperformed. So I wonder, Alex, is there a chance that in perhaps ten years' time, the Predator might become a forgotten film? Nope. Okay. Because it's part of a major franchise and we'll always yeah. talk about it. Right. And I think that maybe uh, The Meg might. Uh, the Meg might be one of those You're right, that actually. Really, the Meg probably really has liked. a better chance of yeah, yeah. being forgotten. Because it's done well, but easily f forgettable. Like, um, yeah. And, and so if anyone hasn't guessed by now, because you've clicked on it and this is you got the title of what this is, we're discussing films that this season that may have been forgotten by... I'd say most people, or even by someone, people who've watched it, right? 
we're not saying that it has to be a good or a bad film. We're just saying that this is a film that was seen when it came out and now is not discussed, particularly doesn't have a strong following, doesn't have an impact on culture that you can trace. And we're going to try and dig, dig them out and see if they are worth revisiting. So what we're going to try and do over the course of this episode is agree what the boundaries yeah, for that yeah. are, because it's a lot more nebulous than what we've done in the past. And that's half the fun of it, right? It is. And I think what will come out of this will be, we will hopefully both expose one another to films that we haven't seen before. We'll hopefully expose ourselves to one another. And <laughs> I'm doing it now. It's pretty standard. It is pretty standard. Yeah. Um, and what I also hope, though, is that where we've tracked trends and done the Cruiseverse and things in the past, I think there'll be a slightly competitive element to this to see who can dig out the better film, but also who can then push the other person's film out of the ring and say it doesn't qualify because. Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing about me and competition is that if it becomes a competition, I'm probably just going to go, yeah, fine. No, okay. So maybe not. Com- maybe I don't mean competitive, but what I mean is, I think... I don't mind, like, a joint analysis. Yeah, yeah. I think fine. I'll be up for that. I think because we have, like, different spheres of cultural influence, there'll yeah. be things that you're not aware of that I am, and vice versa. And so I might bring something to the table. We'll watch it. We'll discuss it. We'll have a great time. And then you'll go, yeah, that was great, but it doesn't count because... Yeah, that's another way that uh, either one of our films can get knocked out of. Yeah. Like, So the question is, is this a forgotten film according to the criteria we're going to decide during this episode? Uh, earlier in the introduction, or the long introduction, that's what I guess the whole episode is, you said whether or not it's got any kind of um, traceable um, legacy. I'm paraphrasing. I'm yeah. sure you said something different. In discussions leading up to this, we've been talking about cultural impact. Now, me being, I don't know, nerdy, geeky, whatever it is, I really want to try and see if we can get something that that we can trace. Like, and I've said in the, I've said before, like maybe Wikipedia page, maybe there's something on IMDb page. But I'm not saying that those are the things that I want to use yet. I don't know. And just much the same way, like you've said already, that the Cruiserverse evolved over time, and or the Arnie Staples or the Cruz Staples, they had to change as their careers changed, and we couldn't. We couldn't tick them off or not. The same thing is as we go through the, this, we might decide that actually it's not a good criteria for it. But as an example, let's say there's on many films page, there is, um, you know, reception, the reception of a film, how it was received by the public and critics. OK, so that's the initial reception. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but potentially somebody's written more on it since or yeah. there's, there's <coughs> evidence of it like. There's been a film festival dedicated entirely to the films of this director or whatever. And what I'm saying is that, well, that would be evidence that it's had a long, a long lasting cultural footprint. So it wouldn't be, I think the section a candidate for a forgotten film. Yeah. I think the section underneath that or, or, or yeah. approximate to it. I can't remember. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't it, there is a section on references, uh, like yeah. references in other pop culture. Yes, yeah. So if it's if it's something that has had pop culture references within the last decade, then I think yeah. that's a marker Definitely against not it. not forgotten, yeah. yeah. And, and things like the known for section on IMDb, if the lead actor yeah. is known for the film, I think that's a disqualifier. Because that says, yeah. oh, this has yeah, a popularity, yeah, yeah. this is cool, searchable. Cool. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And also, um, this is a really silly one, but I think it counts if the film has memes from it. I, I agree. I agree. That's not silly at all. So, I mean, it's it's helping us flesh out an idea of what a forgotten film is, because I don't want to just do that thing of, well, I forgot about the Goonies, so I'm putting forward yeah. the Goonies. Oh, I it's forgot like... Die Hard existed. Let's watch that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your favourite film. No, that's <laughs> Die Hard 2. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doesn't count. Right, doesn't count. So we've had some great suggestions from fans. That's like some really cool. We have. Really let's cool well, let's okay. Right? So let's dig into that because I put out a little teaser a few weeks ago, and people responded. I was really happy. They responded straight away. They like the idea. They want to get involved, and and nothing brings nerds out of the woodwork like, oh, I know a film you don't know about. Okay, yeah. so I want to start with, and I don't want to. I'm not throwing this person under the bus at all, but I think this is a really important example to pull it's up. It's Andrew, isn't it? It, it actually... Andrew it, it, no, it isn't Andrew. It's our right. previous um, series guest, uh, Ewan Robinson, who came right, on yeah. to talk about Legend. And a fine job he did. Hi, Ewan. How are you doing? Ewan got in touch and suggested from, from both ends of the time frame that we laid out, which is approximately 1980 to 2010. Yeah. Uh, 1980, The Blues Brothers... And 2010, Scott Pilgrim. Now, I think what's interesting about both these films is that they're actually the opposite of what we're looking for. They're films that weren't received as rapturously as people would have thought when they first came out, Mm. weren't successful, and actually their fandom has grown over time. And what we're looking for is films that maybe never developed that fandom. Right, so I'll give you another example that almost meets the criteria but i think still doesn't in the final analysis but it's the beginning of what might work so it's like do you remember when we were in bournemouth and i said to you do you remember that film i don't remember when i was when i was young i saw it when i was young it's like these guys and they're like working in a, in a in a factory or something and whenever they take breaks they're like smoking these cigarettes that are like red and like they're like red cigarettes it's like that's that's a and my mind is like scrabbling scratching to like I remember that film being kind of cool. Do you know a film? You know what it is, don't you? It's Screamers, the Peter Weller film. Yeah. Right. Now, I was like, oh, right. I still haven't watched it since we had that conversation. And I think I bought it for you, didn't I? A few years back when you were living in London. Did you? I'm sure I did. <laughs> All right. I have to check my box of DVDs that I don't open. So, yeah. I mean, uh, so that, what, why that, do you think that, that qualifies count? as like, no, okay, so. Well, I don't. This is good. This is what the discussion is because it's like, who isn't Scream as a cult film? Like, we're going to have to do our check, right? I guess, but but certainly, I've forgotten it. And it's, it's like it's, I want to watch it. I again. think it's right on but the it's edge. Had, it's part of a franchise, though. That's the other thing. It is, but the sequels were all direct to video. This is the other thing. I think we have to be talking about films that were released theatrically. Agreed. Screamers... That's our mate. That's a big veto point. A big cut off. Yeah. Screamers did have a theatrical release, albeit a very limited one, and it went to video in short order. And yeah, I think the sequels were directed to video. I've never seen any of them. I think it's. I think you can make the case for Screamers. I think it's right on the edge. Interesting. What year yeah. is it? Ninety six, I think. Cool. I might. I might be putting it forward. So there you go. We got maybe an understanding of like how 
we might generate an idea for, for those things. And, and that's also what I'm going to encourage us to do. Whilst I'm totally on board with like, let's try and do things that films we haven't seen. Of course, there'll be some years we haven't seen it. But I'm also going to really enjoy those episodes where it's like, yes, that film that year. I loved it that year. Check against the criteria. Is it going to get vetoed straight away? Because if it is, don't bother. But if it isn't, and maybe we could put it forward, it's like, that's a really good one. And those are the films I want fans to keep sending us. Like those films that like you don't really remember, but you remember it being really cool. And I also would say if you're passionate about the film, don't worry about whether it doesn't yeah, make, yeah, the, yeah. make the cut or not. Put it forward. That's what the discussion is about in the episode. Yeah. What I want to do more than anything is watch a bunch of fun films and talk about yeah. them with you. So right. if, it, if it like you know, only ever played in one cinema for one day or something stupid like that. Yeah, or yeah. now there's a, a whole bunch of cosplayers devoted to the film. Therefore, it has a cultural impact. I don't care. Put it forward. I want to see it. Agreed. Because I think we should have a um, a sizable portion, you know, uh, of of each episode dedicated to honourable mentions. So the, the more fans that send us in, I, I'd be really happy to just go briefly through a list of, you know, 10, 15 films. Just say like, yeah, this one, this one, fan sent in this one. I'd I'd love to just to get, at least even if we just say the title and go like, thanks so and so for sending in this suggestion for this year, because each episode will be a year, right? We'll pick a year each episode. Yeah, exactly. So on that, Jamie Dodd, one of our listeners, hi Jamie, um, got in touch and, and Jamie really went above and beyond because he picked out thirty films, one for each year. Yeah. That was that was awesome, awesome list. I won't go through them all, but if you want to have a look at them, go on our, our Facebook page. So there's a couple that I think are worth mentioning here. He mentions the original Red Dawn from 1984. I would say that that doesn't count um, because right. I think that is a cult film. It was remade a few years ago with Chris Hemsworth. I think that helps hold it up as something that obviously has a fan base that they were trying to lure in by remaking the film. So that's an interesting one to pull out. The good one in here, Excalibur, is another one that's right on the edge for me because I think that's an underseen film and I'd like to see it again. But I also think that has quite a strong fan base. Right. I, I mean, I don't know it. Uh, it's a very serious take mm. on the Arthur legend, obviously. Right. Um, Helen Mirren's in it. But he picks a good one here, which I think you'll like. Mm -hmm. Backdraft. Yeah. Again, totally forgotten movie. Um, I remember it being a bit outside my age range. Yeah, we I were just it. a bit too young for it. Yeah, yeah, and and but I still saw it. But I I remember it being a good movie. It's just it's one of those films that I don't remember the detail of, which is something you alluded to on the teaser, which is that's going to happen a lot. Yeah, but I remember that being a really big hit when it came out. You know, it was one of the year's mm. big films from my memory of the time. Yeah. And it's not something that I hear people talking about now the way that they would even something like Demolition Man, you know. Um, yeah. And the other thing that's interesting about Backdraft, which is something that I'm going to seize on for one of my picks from the 80s, mm. is um, it's a film from a very renowned, res uh, respected director, Ron Howard, mm. that isn't mentioned when you think of Ron Howard. Right. So just to give you a little a little hint of where I might be going... Two of the films that I'm thinking about putting forward for the 80s are a film from Tony Scott that isn't thought of when you think of Tony Scott, director of Top Gun and a bunch of mm. Denzel Washington action movies, mm. and even a Steven Spielberg film. 
Right. Um, there is a Steven Spielberg film I think slipped through the cracks, which I remember liking when it came out, and I'm I was almost a hundred percent sure that I was going to pick that one. However, it's E.T. isn't it? it <laughs> E.T. Oh, you know about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah shit, do people it's know about that? Obscure alien movie, like it's it's really high concept sci-fi. Because I remember Mac and Me being the hit, and E.T. being the the one that people forgot about. Yeah, have you ever seen Mac and Me? No, <laughs> fucking awful. Um, I think it was like co-funded by Pepsi or something. Right. <laughs> Great. However, in the last few days, something has come to my attention, and this is another category that I want people to think about. I think it. I think it counts. Right. Is a film that came and went. No one really saw it when it came out, except from a, a handful of directors who took inspiration from it and made their own movies. That were very successful. Now that's, that's interesting. That's very niche, right? Well, that's really interesting criteria. I, I never considered that because whilst you could argue that the movie had a cultural impact, it didn't. It's only had an impact in the industry. Like there's books that have done that as well. Books that have inspired films, loads of films, really popular films that nobody knows about. But I hadn't really considered like Snow Crash, for example, is a Neil Stevenson book. It's like I don't know that many people know about it, but it's inspired loads of sci-fi. Apparently loads of sci-fi writers have said that was the inspiration for their movies. And so you've got a film that and perhaps done the same thing. The John Carter books. One of the reasons that John Carter was not successful right. when it came out is all the ideas have been pilfered by Star Wars and, and hundreds yeah, of other things. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this film, I'd never heard of it either. I haven't seen it, obviously. I have blind bought it. <laughs> Can you... Can you have seen a movie that you've never heard of before? Yeah, isn't that the de- isn't that the one of the definitions though? What we're talking about? I'm sure there's a movie that you could recommend and be like, I've never heard of this. I don't know it. I put it on and we're like, Oh yeah, I've seen this. The Last Dragon, as suggested by Adam Stolfo, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's with Ernie Reyes Jr. That's right. It's my favorite actor. <laughs> one of the things that automatically disqualifies this film that I've blind bought is that it's not in the English language. I believe. And I think we have to be... Wait, why does that disqualify me? Because I think it's very easy to find an obscure foreign language film that was successful because it wouldn't necessarily have got a release in this country. Right, which leads me on to a point that was itching at my brain a few moments earlier is like we must mention that obscurity does not qualify a film for this, but nor does it disqualify. Mm -hmm. So it's like the home movie that me and my brothers made, the remake of T2... That's not a forgotten film. Why just keep plugging it? Why don't you? Well, you know, we're making, we're making. I got to make money somehow, man. And the more people that buy that film, barking up the wrong tree with that one. I I can pay the bills, you know. But obscurity definitely is going to make us go like, well, fine, you know. There's no way. Like, so for example, that's why we're making the theatrical release exactly uh, rule because it's like we need a cutoff point, and and because we can't make. If we make all the films obscure films, it's easy to find loads of forgotten films. But I don't, I, I guess I'm going around it, around it in my brain. It's like, I don't know why that should disqualify it either. No, and I think, I think there's a stipulation that comes with that. Is if there is something that went direct to DVD or direct to video back in the day or whatever, or even if it was a TV movie, right? Hmm. I'm thinking of something like, um, the, I think it's called The Night of the Scarecrow, was this right. really... Um, shocking horror film that was made direct for TV and it blew people away because of the production value of it and how effective it was. So if someone has something like that 
in mind. I think it's legitimate as long as it's genuinely something quite spectacular or original. You know, like Steven Spielberg started out doing TV and he did Duel as a TV movie and people looked at it and said, this is so good. Let's give it a theatrical release. Right. Because so it got a theatrical release, but even if it didn't, it still deserves to be on this podcast. If it didn't have the profile that it has. Because Duel is a... An oft-copied film. But okay, so here's the thing: is that are we? What are we talking about? Are we talking about something that's known and has lasted in the film industry and by people who are filmophiles, cinephiles. No, but I think okay. So yeah, is that uh, fair? Paul, Paul Shear has a podcast called Unspooled, where they're watching the the AFI Top 100 movies, and uh, one of the things they do at the end to measure if the film is beloved by an audience and has an influence, as well as loved by this institution is, did The Simpsons ever copy it? <laughs> That's quite cool. That's a cool, um, what's the word, metric Yeah, for, for, for whether to measure it. That's not bad. So what I think do if in South the case Park of... ever copied it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simpsons did it! I think yeah. if Simpsons did it, then... Um, that's a disqualifier for us. That's that's saying right. It's the opposite. Yeah, they've put it out there as something that people recognise and go, "Oh, that's that's dual," you know. And I think that's that's a valid sort of thing to look at. Right. And, and Simpsons have actually spanned the time span of of this this what we're doing almost, yeah, almost. almost. like thirty years of Simpsons. So some of the other things that um, Jamie suggested, Death Becomes Her, quite a good one. Do you remember right. that? I do. It's a good pick. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure if I liked it. Um, and uh, Equilibrium is an interesting one because that's had... Oh, we're happy about that. That's had a life in our yeah. lives. Like, we've, has, but one I've, of the few films we've watched together multiple times, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it meets the criteria fully. I agree, actually. I, yeah. And, and so so this is the, that's the thing that makes it hard. It's like, we may not have forgotten the film, but it's it's who has forgotten it is the big question. My ideal are films that I like. I've also forgotten because then I'm enthusiastic sure. about rewatching things. But if I, I like, I know Equilibrium well, and I've, I've watched it a bunch of times. I'd be well happy to for one of us to put it forward that for that year. But that's half the fun. Like I said, of of well, maybe it's more like eighty percent of the fun actually of this podcast is finding films we haven't done before, and and that's what we're doing. It's a slight departure from the brand, but as you said on the teaser, it's. It's kind of not because we're going to the era that that both that most the era of film that most kind of uh, draws us or seduces us, right? Yeah. And you mentioned that we might go a bit beyond two thousand. Tell me about that. Well, I think we could go a little beyond that thirty-year period in both directions. I think we could go back into the sixties and seventies and pick out a couple of films, eighty to twenty ten. Oh, I thought I thought we. I always thought we were doing eighty to. Um, 2000. Well, that would disqualify equilibrium. So I think that's reason right there to go through to 2010. Okay, done. But yeah, I think there are probably films even within the last four or five years mm. that I think it's interesting to, to, to look at a film sometimes and in my film collection, I'll go, oh, wow. Yeah, God, that's only like five years old. And then you dig out something like Shawshank and you go, Jesus, that film's nearly like, that's 25 years old. And it doesn't mm. feel as old because it it still feels current. It feels like yeah. it's it's still yeah, having so a life. Shanks definitely disqualified. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's like, that falls into the the yeah. Blues Brothers I mean, Scott Pilgrim. Just the amount that it was referenced on Last Man on Earth. <laughs> like, 
You just can't. But also, it's in the IMDb. I mean, I think it's in the top 10. But I think if it's in the top 100 or 250, I think that's a disqualifier. Good. Good. So, yeah, I think we're going to have... We've got a fair few, like, metrics we can use that are, like, at least five or six that I can remember that we've just said now that we'll, we'll use as... As staples yeah. and if anyone else has ideas like please send them in we'd Absolutely. love to i'd love to i'd love to figure that out and how can they do that Alex? uh well you can email us at the at gmail.com well done we're also on that thing with the blue bird that um tweets myspace yep myspace uh, you get us on face chat or snapbook those two things that the Go on the interwebs, um, download some GigaQuads, and get your modem fired up, and you'll be right on it with um, on your 486 or your Pentium, if you're lucky. These nerds, eh? I don't know what he's talking about. A couple more of the suggestions that came in that I think are nice. Um, Rob Ardern, again, formerly of this church, joined us for Mission Impossible 2. Did he recommend Mission Impossible 2? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, okay. Um <laughs> that would be funny, though. <laughs> that would be funny. Actually, Rob yeah. is Rob is still trying to pitch us on a different third season called "Bringing Home the Bacon," which is the yeah. films of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Just for the title, well, maybe season fifteen, Rob. Uh, yeah. I think I'll be up for that. Maybe, maybe when we've forgotten who Kevin Bacon is, <laughs> yeah. when we're that old, when we're that old, we've become. Why is Kevin this Bacon? man always on my television? Six degrees in that future, six degrees of Kevin Bacon will be that everybody will have the option to make themselves look like Kevin Bacon if they want to. Man, I'm going to make you watch so much obscure sci-fi shit. No, you're going to obscurity. Yes. Obscurity is a disqualifier. We've agreed. You know this. what I meant in its storytelling. I don't mean the movie stuff that's like bonkers. I think you'll be. I think you'll be hard pushed. But that's another thing that's interesting for Ben and I is we've talked about. There's often times when we're, we've got we've got different preferences of what we like to watch. Uh, I tend to watch a lot more TV uh, than I do movies. Uh, that's another reason that appeals to me of like, doing this podcast is I get to watch many more movies. So when I'm left to my own devices, I, I watch a lot of things that are just, ah, I feel like this, I feel like that. And there's a lot of recommendations that Ben's made over the years that I just, they're on a list that I've got. Uh, and it is like, oh man, you've got to watch this. And it's like, I know you don't like quite like this, but seriously, have a look at this. And and I've got similar recommendations for him and he'll reject some sci-fi stuff just as much as I'll reject anything that's sort of horror from him. But that's what this podcast is going to make us do. We're going to have to watch two films each time we record an episode. And that's the other thing though, because we're talking about two films. I don't think we're going to go as in depth as we have done, certainly for something like Eyes Wide Shut. Right. You know, we'll be looking at half an hour, 45 minutes talking about each film. And yeah. I think by their very nature, these are not going to be particularly deep films. We're going to be looking at what we think of the films and then, you know, why they haven't persisted. And then basically saying, like, is it worth trying to track it down? Is it worth looking it up? Yeah. And so that's going to be a, a slight difference in the focus. While we'll talk about, you know, directors and actors and, and scripts and stuff like that, like we normally do, it's going to be interesting not having a. A focus, like a, a main actor focus, and uh, that's that's going to open things up and hopefully give some ideas for for future seasons. It's just we moved this up in the in the timetable. We'd always planned to do a season like this, but the, again, the the levity and the lightheartedness, like the flexibility of this, um, is a lot more appealing to Ben Knight uh, at the moment to do it th- this season because other things that we've talked about, like um, 
David Bowie project and also we've got a Philip K. Dick project as well doing between six and ten of his his films that have been made from his books that will be more involved we will be like especially when we get to Blade Runner and it is a lot more serious and I think as I I alluded to on the previous episode you and I have both of our separate careers have taken off rapidly over the summer right yeah we're both extremely busy all of a sudden so I think it has to be light-hearted because this is just the one that we're feeling and and we've both said if it ever becomes a chore it's time to stop. This yeah. has to be yeah, yeah, something yeah. that we enjoy doing. Yeah, I mean, even if we were sponsored or anything, I'd still be saying that. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't matter. It's <clears> not <throat> about, um, you know, monetizing it or anything like that. I'd still, like, this is a fun thing for us to do. Who would you like to be sponsored by? If we um, had, if you had to read out a 60-second copy now, right. say, yeah, you know, Ben, when seriously? I'm on the road... Or jokes. No, Seriously. Helmand's mayonnaise. <laughs> Damn it! The problem okay, with Helmand's mayonnaise is cathedral cheese. Cheddar. Cathedral, no, no. Cathedral um, city. Cathedral city. Cathedral cheese. <laughs> I have said on previous seasons that I, I have a mayonnaise addiction, and I use mayonnaise like some people use margarine or ketchup or, or salt. <laughs> yeah, water. Um, <laughs> I am actually on a pretty strict no mayonnaise diet at the moment. Well done. Yeah, it's it's a living nightmare. Yeah. Everything looks like mayonnaise to me. Yeah. My walls look like they're painted with mayonnaise. Your face. Yeah. Just covered in mayonnaise. Well, I do actually have mayonnaise on my face. That's why you think that. I just want to lick it. Nope. Dip my so glad. Out. So glad this is a video Smear call. Smear it around and put it on some cathedral city cheese. Jesus. You know, there's no way. Like, we're not. We're not taking it seriously enough. We're not talking or reviewing films coherently enough for for anybody who's serious about film. To I don't think anyone wants to align. Yeah, no one wants to align no. their brand with us. No one. No. We'll probably get sponsored by like. Oh, actually, the antimicrobial pants people. They might get in touch. Yeah. What definitely. Mac, is it Mac Weldon? Mac Weldon. Mac yeah. Weldon. Yeah, well, because you know farts, right? That's what we're all about. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make make people's undercarriage smell nice, you want to. <laughs> That's what we're about. It's good, all about good that. smelling taints. Yeah. Um, that whole that whole bit that's already cut. That really? whole sponsorship really? okay. bit that's already. Yeah, done. I think so. Maybe I think it has <laughs> to go. I mean, listen back to it, but I'm pretty good, pretty sure that it's gonna go. Um, just want to list out a couple more of these suggestions because I think they're really good, Rob. It mentioned a few different films, but the one that really hit a chord with me was Wolf, the Jack Nicholson, Michelle uh, Pfeiffer yeah. movie. That's yeah. See, that reaction that you just had there is exactly what I'm looking for is, oh, that was a thing. Yeah. It's what we're doing. It, it is what, this is what we're doing. It's that feeling of, oh, yeah. So I think that's a brilliant shout. There's a movie with Anthony Hopkins and I think Alec Baldwin, but one of the Baldwin. The Edge. In, in the woods. Yeah. Fantastic film. Yeah. 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 There you go. Put that on the list. Yeah, I've got a bit of a list going here, but it's nowhere near as extensive as was it Jamie Dodd? Yeah, sent in the list. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't got a complete list like that. Chris Armenta, another of our listeners, uh, another brilliant call. This Ravenous. Now, Ravenous was a film I can't imagine you will have seen, but it's possible that you have. It rings a bell. It it was a very delayed release, and I think it probably didn't do that well when it came out, and everyone expected it to be a bit shit as a result. And it turned out it's absolutely fantastic. Guy Pearce, Robert Carlyle, 
Music by Damon Albarn. Really, really good shout. Looking forward to watching that one again. Uh, Laura Hyten, my little sister, suggested The 25th Hour, Spike Lee movie from the early 2000s. I think the first film shot in New York after 9-11. That's a good call. I think there's a lot of films from Spike Lee's filmography that you could pick out. I would go The Summer of Sam myself. I think that's a really overlooked film. Michael Harvey. He's got a good good couple of suggestions here. One of them was Blue Thunder. Do you remember that? The Roy Scheider helicopter movie? I mean, I remember the the name. Don't remember the movie. I must have watched that film 20 times when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you anything about it now other than yeah. it had a helicopter and some dudes spying on a woman exercising in the nude. Because, well, you know, that's, I was a kid. That's, that's why you remember it. But Michael Harvey also suggested a film that I'd never heard of called Saigon which stars um, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Uh, so I'm interested to give that a look. Is that the one with a, a young Batman in it? What's his name? Ben Affleck. No, the other one. Keaton? No. Kilmer? Batman Begins. Bale. No, that's... Um... Empire of the Sun. Yes, that's a Spielberg right. movie. Saigon is... Um... It's, it's a sounds like a police thriller that just takes place during the Vietnam War or something like that. Sounds really cool. interesting. And he yeah. said it's excellent. Um, and then your brother, Andrew Bellardi, also came through with a couple of good suggestions, believe it or not. Airheads? I don't remember it. Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi, I think. Right, I don't remember it. Uh, talk Radio, which I have a vague recollection of seeing on TV in the 90s. Young Blood, which I've never heard of, which is apparently an ice hockey film featuring Rob Lowe. The Rainmaker. Matt Damon in a John Grisham film. Uh, I don't think that one will probably count because I think it's part of that slew of Grisham films like The Client and The Firm uh, and all of that. But uh, one that he picked out that I think is a really excellent uh, call is Clint Eastwood's A Perfect World starring Kevin Costner. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I really loved that film when it came out and I have to say that fits the bill perfectly. I think that was a film that did quite well. What year was it? 94... Okay, and is from a very acclaimed director who's had a renaissance in the years since that came out, and I think that has fallen to the bottom of the pile in terms of people's recognition of Clint Eastwood's films. So some really interesting suggestions there. I think I like um, I like all of them. So I'm going to go through some that are on the on the list that we've been compiling for a couple maybe of a couple of years now. Oh, really? Actually, yeah, yeah. I started this. A long time ago, when we just first started putting things on the list, yeah. So just this is just stuff that we've been gathering. Uh, I'm not saying any of them qualify, but might just be interesting to go. through. Yeah, and this isn't okay. definitive either. We're no, not. No, we're not just, saying what films we're definitely going to no, watch. No, here. we're just firing out films that we either think. I mean, there are some really recent ones that we think are gonna are gonna be candidates if they okay. aren't already right. Uh, and it might just more speaking to like the quality of them. So let, I'll start at the at the beginning. The earliest one I've got on this list is. 1986, Manhunter. Hmm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1987, Midnight Run. Yeah, which I don't really know why it's on the list, to be honest, because I'm going to say that absolutely doesn't qualify. Right. There's a whole but episode it, of Rick and Morty about it. We had a it. long chat about it. That's why it went on the list at the beginning. It's one of my favourite films, though. Yeah, that that's another reason it's on the list. A lot of these are yours, actually, uh, that you've just been mentioning in conversation and it's not necessary that we talked about it for this podcast. Uh, 1988, Eight Men Out. Oh my God, that's a brilliant shout. Yeah. That's yours. It's a wonderful film. Yeah. yeah. 1994, 
We've got Andrew's Perfect World, but yeah. also HUD Sucker Proxy. Yes, the Forgotten Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. So we got we've got two from nineteen ninety four that we both agree with. Yeah. Nineteen ninety five, Sudden Death. Yes, Jean Claude Van Damme in a Die Hard remake. There you go. Great film. Okay. Nineteen ninety seven, The Edge. I've just I just said yeah. it. Two thousand and one. This is mine, probably. Uh, Joyride or Roadkill. Is yes, another good film. Yeah. The two names. Uh, another one I put on there is Waking Life, but yeah, I I I want to take it off because it's not it's not a feature film. It is, and is it? And it was released theatrically. Yeah. Okay. I know it's a series of sketches essentially, but yeah, it it, 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 it was released as a feature. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's if if it wasn't animated, people would say it's a mockumentary. Okay. It, it, or it's a documentary with some dramatic elements to it, but because it because it's got that rotoscoping on top of the whole movie, it's kind of like, well, I don't maybe, know. Maybe I'm certainly not. Maybe it's an honourable mention. No, I didn't yeah. really enjoy Waking Life. But. Right, but it, it's certainly a forgotten movie for sure, and it's got elements of it that I don't think should be forgotten. That's So that's why it gets an honourable mention. 2004, Spartan. That's mine. It's one Fantastic of mine. film, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2008, I think another one of mine is Burn After Reading. If it was a toss-up between that and Hudsucker, I'd go Hudsucker, because I think Burn After Reading had a slightly more successful run. But I'm not disqualifying it. Yeah, but, I mean, we're, like, there's years apart, right? So yeah, yeah. It, it, but I see what you mean. I, I get your point. Uh, now, this is one that you've referenced, and you did in the teaser as well, as an example of perhaps where the direction we might be going in, but I think it's disqualified automatically. Uh, it's 2009 Avatar. Yes. Yeah. I think it is disqualified because it's no film that sits at number one of the most highest-grossing films of all time. It can be counted as a forgotten movie. And I think it probably exactly. does appear in the IMDb list as well. Uh, yeah, the right. Top 250. Yeah. But it is quite astonishing how little of a cultural impact that film has had given its success. And that's why I think it's there as a reference point. 2013 is The Congress. Again, we were we were naming it as movies that were... That's the uh, Robin Wright yeah. one. Um, I think... Can we both say that neither of us ever want to sit through that film again, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Noble and ambitions. But, but again, um, yeah, again, so it's one of those films that I don't think deserves to be forgotten, but actually will be. There's things in it, like you said, noble ambitions. I think I think many cinephiles and people who are interested in the future of uh, emerging between gaming and films, I think is a really good reference movie. It's not necessarily something you're going to walk away from going, that was amazing. No. no, but I think the Congress, because it has such a simple, elegant concept as its as its kicking off point, I think although you'd be hard pushed to find people that really love that film, I think it does get referenced as a oh you know like the Congress or right. oh we'll end it's, up in the Congress it's a reference film yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so yeah potentially it could get disqualified soon if it isn't already because of the cultural impact twenty fifteen triple nine yeah. Good film. Uh, 2017, Colossal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, Just a criminally underseen film that I think we right. both love. And I've now added 2018, The Meg. And the reason why I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping uh, the more recent ones, it's because if we have the more recent ones in memory, it's still a, it's still a way for us to sort of say that. We definitely aren't going to do uh, like 2015, 20, 2018. We're not going to do those movies. The other thing, I, I don't know how open you are to this. I'm kind of dropping this on you. Is I'd be up for, you know, breaking up the decade with a couple of bonus. Do you want to episodes. break up? 
Man, if we... I didn't realise. Like oh, you're so sensitive. Why can't you just listen to my why? intent? Why? Why do you just pick on my words? Didn't you know, man? I know you're goading me now. Is no longer important. It's what you say that matters. Your intent doesn't matter anymore. I would be up for littering throughout the decade. A couple of bonuses. Because if we got to, say, 1988, and then we get a letter going, oh, I can't believe you missed 1984's, I don't know, whatever, Terminator? Yeah. No. It would be amazing if someone actually sent us a handwritten letter as well. That would be <laughs> worth mentioning. Yeah. <laughs> if you manage to get a letter to us, then we'll mention where. We'll mention P.O. Box 1028. Yeah. Yeah, I, and and it's a genuine slap the forehead moment. We never thought of the film. We never mentioned it. We both go away and watch Fair it. And it's like, yeah, oh, we have we'll to do a bonus. We episode. have to talk about this. Yeah, we'll yeah, do, yeah, I'm happy to do bonus episodes for that. Yeah, good. Right, so we are going to go and look at the first uh, couple of years of the '80s. Start getting some films picked. I think it's going to be a bit difficult in the beginning, to be honest. But we'll hit our stride around 1983. Um, keep sending in your suggestions. Twitter. At the Arnithology, Facebook, you know what to do, and the Arnithology at gmail.com. Also, if you have a better name than Forgotten Films, colon, mullet, lycra, and saxophones, then let us know. So, is it going to actually be the Arnithology Presents Forgotten Films, colon, mullet, lycra, and saxophones? Is that the title? Part one, the 80s, colon, 1980, colon, uh, the film, the film yeah, that brackets, we're doing in 1980. Yeah, brackets, colon, X the first and film, Y. Both films yeah. that we're doing, yeah, yeah. Semicolon, yeah. An analysis of, and then whatever. Those two yeah. films again, yeah. Done by hyphen Ben Hyten and Alex Belletti. Yeah. Cool, grand, good, good title. If you have a better one, let us know. Yeah. We, we will consider it. Especially if it's a pun. We do like a pun. Who'd have thought that the people a who pun. came up with the Arnithology would uh, would like puns? We hope you join us for the first decade of the 80s and more. And we'll be back soon to talk about our the first, first couple of films. The first decade of the 80s. As opposed to the second decade of the 80s. The first decade? Of the 80s. Of the 80s. Yeah, not like the second decade in the 80s, which was really, really bad. They crammed it in in between 1989 and 1990. It was awful. It's like hell. Hell of a lot happened. (laughs) Yeah. We'll be back soon. Peace out. See ya.